Welcome to the Bedhoppers podcast. My name's Mr. H. I'm Mrs. H. This is episode 163. Thanks for joining us today. Mrs. H, how are you doing? I'm a bit tired. You're a bit tired. A little bit tired. A bit tired. But before we go into our like the, the episode and the announcement that we've got to make in just a moment, yeah. how is life treating you, Mrs. H? <laughs> it's not as biblically shit as it was. Okay. So I think I have to inject some positivity into this one. Well, that's good. Yeah. So my dad's hanging in there. Yeah, he's still alive. He's all right. He's, this was a triumph. <laughs> yeah, he's battling on because he's a little trooper. Yeah. Uh, so that's all right. Um, what else is happening? We've not been to the hospital for a week. I know. There you go. We did Win-win. Pride. <gasps> Pride, Pride was, was lovely. Wonderful. Wonderful. It was a bit soggy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was wonderful. And I love Pride every year. And I'm immensely proud that we can uh, take part in in a celebration like that. So we had that. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. We had a lovely, sexy time with some guests. We did a lot of day drinking. We did a lot of day and drinking. A lot of night drinking. And we caught up with the delightful <laughs> secret stag and secret vixen. They were on holiday for a week. It felt like a lifetime. Oh, we missed them. We missed their faces. But what's more, we got to catch up with some other folks there. It was lovely to see yeah. them. And yeah, it's been it's been sort of a slightly better time of it recently, I'd say. And also we are looking, I am looking forward to my impending birthday celebrations. Well, yeah, that mm-hmm. is only a week or so away. In fact, a week today. Well, while we're recording, but it may not be a week today but when you're right listening. right now, it's a week today. <laughs> I will be half a century old. Half a century. Yes. Wow. I know. And according to Chris Pratt, I'll be dead. I think what you're referring to is the <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 film yes. in which Star-Lord says once you hit 50 you yeah, die or something to that effect. Yeah, uh, Okay, that's fine. So it comes from the words of James Gunn, but the, yes. the the mouth of Chris Pratt. So I don't think we're taking that too seriously. I've been taking it very seriously. Uh, I'm living every day next week like it's my last. <laughs> and well, I'm just celebrating getting to half a century. Well, so. to be fair, you've been moaning every day as if it's your first. Oh, so I think there is a, this definitely feels like where hopefully Touchwood and all that jazz coming out the other side of what has been a biblically shit time. Yeah. We've had some naughty es- escapades. We've had some mm-hmm. fun. We've mm-hmm. had, uh, obviously there's been some serious stuff too, but actually it feels like we've had a chance to recoup a little bit. Yes. And things are hopefully starting to level out and sort of on the up and on the roller coaster that is the next couple of months. Oh, roller coasters. Roller coasters, quite literally. Ah. But we head to PCAP in October. And we're going to do some roller coasters. Yeah, we're going to do some not roller coasters. Not at PCAP. No, no, no. We're going to do as that before As far as I then. know, she hasn't put on roller coasters for us all. I'll be she. <laughs> I assume you're talking about Kate. Yes. Yes, from Wanderlust Swingers. Um, so we're doing that. That's going to be a fun-filled uh, weekend. We're just going as guests. So that'll be cool. Yeah. And we're also sort of spending a little bit of time in around Flow Rider, Miami, Orlando, and some of those sorts of things. Yeah. Which is going to be really exciting. And we're going to do some roller coasters. And we're going to be absolutely piss poor by the time we get back. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's But fine. life's a living, right? Exactly. That's for you know, future us to worry about. When you get about. to 50, like me, you'll be dead. 
dead, well, actually, dead, dead. Soon you will be. Well, this will be after you're 50. So am I just going by myself? Ah, oh, maybe. Am I? You'll get to go like solo rider. So you'll be like skipping all the queues. So I get to skip all the queues yeah. at, at the theme park. Yeah. And then I get to go to PCAP as a single guy. I guess. It's a, quite a and change. I'll be dead. So we're you'll doing be dead, yeah. So, you know, I don't have to worry about I anything. Reckon you do, we had this conversation the other night. I reckon you'd do okay as a single guy. I don't think anybody would want Look, me as a single you're guy. You're nice, right? <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> That's it. You're, you're doing all right as a single guy. Oh, you're nice. No, oh, no. Glowing endorsement. Uh, um, nice. He's nice. No. Very pleasant. Uh, very, yes, very, very nice. Very benevolent. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say, I was going to list your nice attributes. Well, yeah. And, you know, if you were going into the lifestyle as a single guy, then you'd have some really good selling points. I shall list them thus. Okay. And they're not written down, they're in my head. Okay. Are you ready? All right. No particular order. Have you been thinking about this? As no, you've been not thinking even about remotely. your impending doom? This is actually live as it happens. Oh, God. It's coming up my head right now. Strap in, Are folks. You ready? This could be interesting. Go for it. <laughs> like, number one, beautiful teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was a weird list. <laughs> Uh, okay, I don't. I'm not a massive fan of my teeth. You've got beautiful smile, babe. Uh, thank you. But the smile is an open mouth one. Yeah, but you've got nice teeth. If I put them together, I look like a fucking psycho. <laughs> I look like I'm going to be there going, "Here's Johnny," <laughs> bashing a door down. Yeah, but every picture I've ever seen of you, yes, you do have a big, wide, open mouth smile. However, how nice is it to have a smile that looks great? It's uh, so that people can gently place M and M's in my mouth. <laughs> Put things smiling. in between your teeth. <laughs> exactly. How many things? We can play uh, buckaroo with Mr. H's mouth. The chubby bunny contest. <laughs> <laughs> so, nice teeth. Okay, all right. Um, as I said, it's not in a particular order and you can feel free to rehash this when some dead. Okay. Uh, this, uh, into your single guy profile. <laughs> this is not on my show notes at all. <laughs> uh, number two, um, good sense of humour. Okay. Very important. I think many people listening would disagree on that front. No. Uh, you, you know, do great impressions. <laughs> I'm not sure I can back that. <laughs> All right, you do impressions. Yes, there we go. That's probably closer to the truth. Okay. Um, number three, mm -hmm. stamina. Stamina. Great stamina. Great stamina. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in, in all aspects of lifestyle activity. I, well, no, I'm that, I mean drinking. Good stamina for drinking. Yeah, that's true. Um, patience. You have great level of patience mm -hmm. when it comes to doing me. Yeah. Um, and sexually, you have great stamina. Sexual stamina. Sexual stamina. <laughs> I'm not sure I can. It's back like that an up. aftershave. <laughs> <laughs> Would you sexual like some stamina sexual stamina, sir? By Londerick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what it smells of, but um, it smells of success. Garbage. Garbage. It smells of garbage. Um, whereas mine would be uh, lethargy. Yes. <laughs> Apathy. For it goths. smells like despair. <laughs> okay. Um, it's a great stamina. Okay. Um, what's, what's next on your list of great reasons why we should hook up with you because you're a single guy? Extensive film and comic knowledge. Very handy for most women that I've met. <laughs> I don't think it's, I think there may be two or three women that applies to in, in the entire. Well, why don't we just twist it a bit and call it like a dorkable? Fucking <laughs> okay, hell. Is it, you can be like a sexy nerd dork. Dunkard kind of okay. vibe. I think you need to sell the, the, the nerdy side of you because that's really sexy to okay, people. Play up the nerd side, you think? I'd rather have like a sexy nerd than a kind of ridiculously worked out 
gym freak that's always just like into weird stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. A really good selling point for me, if I was looking for someone like you, would be lack of sports enthusiasm. (laughs) (laughs) These are very, very particular. A set of skills, yeah. You should use them. I think (laughs) I realise what's happening here. I see what's happening here. I see what's happening here. Now, when we originally started talking about this episode... Face to face with openness and it's clear. I know how you feel. (laughs) Anyway. You're adorable. Thank you. It's true. But when we spoke about this episode originally, you Uh wanted to talk about like great relationships. Oh, really? And and what makes a great relationship. But it felt like it was going to be a bit like a humble brag, like, "Eh, our relationship, they're much better than yours. And Mm. that's how... And But really, it was just, I think what you're doing is you're building all these reasons why I would be a good single guy. And then I'm waiting for the upsup slap in my head where you go, (laughs) reasons why you make a terrible husband. (laughs) (laughs) No, not at all. I'm extolling the benefits of how your profile would appear if you went into the lifestyle as a single guy. Uh, Okay. And, you know, I think you don't sell yourself short, although you are short. You could put on your list if you want. It could be a selling point, but you do have some great single guy attributes. Okay. Yeah. You dress really well. Thank you. Well, uh, uh, you know, according to... Apart from right now. Yeah. (laughs) Apart from right now. Well, you're not in like a going out mode. You're in like a, hey, I'm at home recording mode. Oh, good. Thank you Oh, Oh, you always smell nice. Oh, thank you. You really always do smell (laughs) nice. So that's excellent. Yeah, just great. Okay, so when... Top draw, babe. Well done. Thanks. So when the inevitable Armageddon happens for Mrs. H, (laughs) ladies that are into single guys, be be aware. Who who doesn't watch football. Yeah. Not into any kind of sport. Oh, I've got another one. uh, You don't drink beer. No, I don't drink beer. This is true. It's a great selling point. Is it though? I think so. Okay. You have like classy drinks. Okay. You make a great cocktail. Thank you. This this has turned into a cater for very specific diets. (laughs) Okay. Right. Awesome cook. I've just written your profile for you. Thank you, dear. It's going to be very sad when you die, but obviously I'll (laughs) I'll immediately go back to this episode and write these things down and and have them on my profile before your funeral's even finished. Thanks. You're welcome. I think I helped. I you, wrote half of this for you. You really did. So thanks for all those wonderful compliments. You're welcome. I'm going to move this away from this strange thing that I've experienced <laughs> that was like an alternate universe somehow. And what I do want to announce is something that might be a little bit like an alternative universe. In fact, it might even be like when you go through the door ooh, 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 yes, in the line of the wardrobe and takes no, you to Narnia yeah. because we are announcing our next event, a combined event with the lovely Kate and Daryl for Wonderless mm-hmm. Swingers. This is the Winter Wonderland. I mean, it's not like a, a Christmas grotto. It's not like a Christmas you grotto. You Santa. Well, this is on the Saturday, the 18th of November. Yeah. Well, it's that weekend, but the Saturday is the main, main thrust main, of it all. Yeah. But this is something really, really special. And we, I know that we've told you listeners... Uh, gentle listeners many many times about all of our events but I think this one is extra extra fucking special how many Mr Tumnuses will there be? 12th <laughs> all the Mr Tumnuses uh, that, which is why no children are allowed because he's a little bit child molestery and are we giving out Turkish delight in the game? <laughs> <laughs> let's, well let's not get it let, let, let's explain what this is about so I think this is the UK, what we think is the UK's biggest ever complete hotel takeover mm. And club takeover. 
So and we're talking be, like a big hotel. We're talking not like just like a little boutique one with ten rooms. No, we're talking like, <laughs> I don't know, like 90, 80, 90 rooms. Yeah, uh, full of swingers from around the world that have yeah. come together so that they can experience. We're going to do some cool stuff like room crawls. We're going to do pre-parties. We're going to do gift bags. Fucking excellent stuff. Cool also, stuff. we're going to provide transport to Penthouse Playrooms, which is where mm-hmm. we're hosting the club yeah. night. Mm-hmm. Now, this, I think, is probably the biggest hotel takeover that the UK has ever seen in terms of swinging. And if they've done one before, then they've kept it very quiet. They did keep it so very quiet. I've not us. heard of it. So, you know, I'm sure there are big parties that go on. I'm sure there's, oh, yeah. um, there's smaller hotel takeovers and I'm sure there are events and all this sort of stuff. But I don't think I've seen one that has the value and I mean value because you get a lot of fucking stuff packed oh, in this. Really so you get your hotel room for the cost. You get your goodie bag or your welcome bag. You get a room crawl that you can you can either decorate your room or you can um, take part in or you can just wander around or you can avoid if you want. There's a pre-party on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. There's transport from mm-hmm. the hotel to the club, and it also gets you access to the amazing party that we'll be hosting at the club. Of course, I can't. I don't. I can't think there's anything better than all of that You'll stuff. You'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah. I, <laughs> and I've just listed off like all the reasons why you're great. Yeah. And by this point, You'll I'll be, a be single, single guy. Yeah, a single guy by that point. <laughs> so that would be, you know, ladies, um, don't let this put you off at all. Yeah. I mean, you're pretty nifty with HDMI cables as well. I didn't add that. Okay. All right. Let's move on from the, the Mr. <laughs> H is awesome thing, because I want to say that I honestly think that this could be a, an incredible event. We'll post the link to tickets, mm. which are going to be available now to everybody. So normally we open these things up and we have done to our Discord uh, attendees. And, um, yeah, attendees mm-hmm. to previous events and to our community, to Kate and the Wonderlust community. They get a chance to have, have tickets first and we've already sold a bunch of great yeah. tickets to great people. And then it's open to you, general uh, public. Yeah, we're opening it up now. now. what I will say is there will be at some point later on a very, very limited number of tickets just to the party. So that doesn't give you the hotel stay or the takeover or the pre-party or, or the, the transport bag, or, or the, the transport. Bag. It just gives you gives access you the basic to the access, club yeah. on the night. Gives you access to our, our Discord. Of course. And the chat that's leading up to it. And it will also give you access to any pre-meet Zooms that we do. Because often we like yeah, to yeah. do a couple of Zooms a couple of weeks before the events to let everyone get to know each other or give them the opportunity to make some friends before they rock up at the club. Yeah. Now, I'm sort of almost losing my voice already with the excitement that I'm talking <laughs> about this event. Now, because it's the Winter Wonderland, there's going to be a bit of a white theme to this. What, like snow? Snow white, yes. Excellent. Yeah. Or- or Narnia, like we said. Exactly that. Or basically wintry, I'm thinking like um, crisp white snow, fur maybe, yep. sparkly or- things, bling, silver, white. Yeah, just like a, a lovely white wintry theme. Exactly that. I think this is a great opportunity to do something awesome before all the Christmas stuff starts rolling in and there's too much time to spend with family mm. and friends and loved ones and all those boring gits. Come well, out, before we get on the Christmas, you know, bandwagon and then it all goes into Christmas, isn't it? Well, that's the thing. This is a last stop before yeah. we start going to that space. And it's a really good chance to see the end of, end of the year out with us, Kate and Daryl, and some amazing friends that are coming mm. along with us. So we yeah. can't wait for you to come along with us. And again, as I said, links in the show notes. Okay. Okay. So this mm. episode. Mm-hmm. So as we said, it's been a bit of a hectic time for us mm. over the mm. last couple of weeks. It's been manic and there's been lots of visiting Mrs. H's dad. There's been lots of 
phone calls about care. There's been lots of work disasters going on for both of us. And we've both been sort of absolutely fucking knackered. <laughs> so we're sort of recording this rather late in the day and rather late in the recording process really for us, I suppose. Yeah. Normally we do this a bit early and we'd be able to share it much sooner with our Patreon members and all that kind of stuff. But we are literally shooting from the hip. Now, with that in mind, we hadn't really had a great deal of time to think about what we were actually going to talk about. Mm-hmm. So we got in touch with some friends and we got in touch with Twitter and we put the question out there. What would you like to hear us talk about? Mm. And no one replied. So it's going to be a really <laughs> short episode. <laughs> a veritable smorgasbord, <laughs> a smorgasbord of, of nothingness. Stuff. Well, actually, we did get, we did have some, some yeah, good questions some that we want to talk about briefly and okay. cover and then get out of here. And then crack on with some sleep because, you know, it's nearly the weekend. Mm. That's the plan, right? Excellent stuff. So the first one, right? Okay. I'm ready. All right. Was a question. I th- and I think this, this may have come from Secret Vixen and Mabel off of Max and Mabel, right? Oh. Uh, have you had any eye-opening experiences on your journey? Any good ones? Any bad ones? Any that stick in mind? Now, this could take the entire show. So I think it's just one or two things that like a good, good one and a bad one that spring to mind that, that have particularly opened your eyes. Okay. All right. Let's think. So you want my good one first? Yeah. Let's go with your good one. Okay. I, yes, I do. <laughs> oh, good. actually a little surprise. Yeah. I? I mean, I've got loads, but if I have to really, 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 really pick one, so I'm not going to mention names because that's not fair, right? Yeah, that's so fine. I'll that's keep fine. it nice and neutral. But I think it was the time when I was lucky enough to experience a group encounter with your good self, of course. Oh, good. You were there. Mm-hmm. And two males who were interacting with each other mm-hmm. as well as me. Yeah. And you were also obviously there with um, the the wife of one of those males okay so there was me you the wife the man and the man <laughs> okay and i think if you've heard our podcast previously i think you'll yeah, be able probably. to to figure out who who so that there is five yeah. in a bed and a little one <laughs> um so there are five and but it was a very by experience because the men were interacting with each other, which I found extremely exciting. And I got to join in with that. And I was very lucky enough to experience that again, uh, not with the same group of people, but I have experienced that again. And it's made me realise that that's probably one of my favourite encounters. And when that, when that crops up, I'm, I'm not sure that's great. But that was the first time it happened was probably one of my favourite encounters because I was like, oh my God, this is great. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, yay. Well, I'm going to go in with a, with a bad eye-opening experience. Ooh. And I think, you know, we've covered this one before. It, it's one of those worst ever meet kind of things. Mm. Not the worst ever one, because, you know, we talked about that fairly recently. The one that was really eye-opening to me about how damaging, how dangerous some of the situations that you can find yourselves in, and if you're not careful, is around the whole special brew thing. Oh, that was a and pretty shit one, yeah. That was that was very eye-opening. And it, I, I think it opened my eyes to our approach mm. to, to make sure that we're sort of being safe and that we're checking the profiles properly and we're checking the messages and making sure we're feeling it. I think there was a, 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 an eye-opening opening situation around actually getting to the location and meeting the people and that, that that should have been a trigger for us. And also, I think, 
with the our communication at the time while we were there was really uh, really an eye opener for me. So I think as a as an experience, that one really kind of has stuck with me around how safe we are, how we interact, how we go about our business. And I know we've not always gotten it right. And it's in the theme tune, we fuck things up and we make mistakes. But actually for me, that was an experience that really made me recognize that this was dangerous, not only just to our relationship, but this was dangerous to our health and our safety mm-hmm. and other people's health and safety. So I think that that really struck a chord with me and has made me a lot more cautious in terms of throwing ourselves into situations. I think that's that was the pinnacle of the wild abandon, let's throw ourselves at a, a problem. How bad it can get. And how bad it can get for me. Do you have a bad one? Mm, do I have a bad one? I'm trying to think if I've had a bad one that we both found really bad or if it was just bad for my I think, thoughts. I think one of the ones that, that springs to mind was the, the chap that stealthed you while we were at VA. Oh, yeah. And I think, it was such a shocking thing. I don't, you know. And, that was an eye <laughs> that, that was definitely an eye opener. Like, what the hell? And I think, again, it's the bad side of this whole thing. And I think it's probably why we go out of our way to promote consent and sexual health and safety and uh, getting tested and all this sort of stuff. And I think, but actually it's also about what we should have done at the time. We should have reported it properly and, and dealt with it. And I, I think we took some flack on podcast reviews and some other places for the, for the well, way that we, we handled were naive. it. Well, I think not that that's an excuse, but, but we probably didn't realise um, how bad how bad a situation that was until yeah. retrospectively. And now looking back, it's absolute madness to think that you would that would happen and you wouldn't go what the actual fuck and complain or do something. But at the time, you're like, huh? Like that happens. Yeah, I think in terms of let's let's move on to a, a good one. I think, and this goes back to. Um, Actually, the first time that you came <gasps> in a, in a uh, sort of lifestyle encounter. Because I'm good at. I was one of my additional ones. I was like, should I go well, with that? But you know, I'm used to knocking them out like skills, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, add it to um, your list. Add it to my list of why I'm amazing. <laughs> but uh, that was uh, a real eye opener, actually. And one of the first sort of real times where I've really stopped and watched. And then that's rare for me and enjoyed. And it was hard not to become emotionally engaged at how emotional you were. And I think it was a really, uh, and it was a beautiful moment. It really was. And I, I, I really, that, that, that calls back to me when I want to remember why this is a good thing that we do. And, you know, for you to sort of not only get there after like a couple of years of it not happening, Mm. but also to be so overcome with emotion about the fact that you weren't broken was a, a, was a huge eye opener for me. Um. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was very fun. And of course the other eye opener was, uh, you know, going to the eye surgery for six months in a row, <laughs> trying to get a Chalasian sorted out. That was, um, yeah. So a lot of my pictures, you see me really super squinty with a big horrible blob on my eye. That wasn't fun. Oh, but that was a very literal eye opener that I treat to this very day. You do. There we go. There we go. So that was the first question. Are you ready for the next question? I'm ready. Okay. Now I know who this comes from. It comes from, uh, the British couple, Bristol couple. And they said, when meeting a couple for the first time to see if there's a connection, what would be your advice for a successful meet? Mm. And they said, aside from like pet treats. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're meeting a couple for the first time. Yep, so you've spoken to a couple. So you've, you've been in touch. Online, you've met you've them chatted. online. Maybe you've even met them at an event, and you've, but you've not actually sat down and gone. Just, we've just them. You, you're kind of in that sort of, yeah, could be. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Could be. 
let's get to know each other and let's figure this out. Is this a thing? Is it not a thing? Where do we sit on this adventure? Okay. So this isn't necessarily a play situation. It's just a first physical meet. It's a first, yeah. As a four. Yeah. Hmm. And what was the follow-up bit? Uh, what, what would be your advice for a successful meet? Oh, a successful one. Yeah. How okay. would you make that meeting, that first yes, yes, one, yes. successful? Excellent. Right. For me, Yeah. and I know that was superfluous for me to add that, but you know, <laughs> and I've broken one of my own bad habits, but I, I am a firm believer in being honest and open. And unfortunately that does mean I tend to overshare a whole lot, but I think there is something about being genuine to who you are um, because there's nothing worse than finding out that people are putting on an act. Ah. And I think I would much, much rather people understand who I am yeah. and get the, the basics of Mr. H than for me to be sort of putting on a super duper act just because I want to fuck somebody down the end of the road because they're, they're sure to discover that, that facade. Hey. I also wanted to get facade into the conversation. I can't, I can't <laughs> it, but anyway, so what would your, your top tips be? Mm. So basically what you're saying, you would be very transparent and open and honest. Yeah, I think so. For me, it's important. And I think as we've gone on, it's, it's okay to go, actually, we think this, you know, this might not be a play thing, but we really like you. We just want to hang with you. Do you, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, and, and I'd rather be I'd, able to I'd say that. I'd rather someone was um, able to, as, we, as we've said before, celebrate the the nose as well as the kind of, hey, let's get it on. Yeah. Because actually, I think you'd much rather someone was honest with you for me off. Hmm. Okay. So for me, let's think. Um, so first meet, um, I think a good impression actually resonates with you. And it's that first first meeting sometimes that you know can make or break something so I'm very conscious that my face can tell a thousand stories (laughs) sometimes without really intending to come across as Medusa sometimes I accept that I don't always give off a best impression because I look like I want to stab someone Um, and so for me I'm quite conscious more so now of of not scaring people in that first five minutes. <laughs> I try really hard to, although that's probably my default personality, annoyingly, I'm, I'm really trying to be very conscious of not putting people off with um, kind of being a bit of an ice maiden in my first five minutes. You do get, give off something of a, like sitting back and go, impress Fuck me. You impress, Im, Im, no, impress me. What are you going to do? Like, oh God, I do. There is a bit of that. And there but is it's also, not because I'm all that. I, I don't know why I do that. I think it's just my face. I think there is a, a, a bit of it in that I think in your youth, <laughs> you were probably um, quite used to people coming up to you and you had a pick of people, it's fair to say. Not that yeah, you don't now. No, but I, I think, know. I, I, you're right. But it, I, I can imagine in a club, you being like, what are you going to do? What, you know, what have you got that he hasn't got? <laughs> and being like, oh, I'll pick them instead. And... And being very nonchalant about yeah, I could it. Yeah, I was very dismissive. And I think that's that. There is still a, a, a touch of that to it. I also think that that you, it's difficult because sometimes you genuinely are bored or <laughs> don't like someone or you're thinking of something that you didn't like. Or I thought you were going to say sometimes you're genuinely really nice. No, no. Sometimes <laughs> you are genuinely pissed off, bored, or whatever. And the problem is it really shows on your face. It know, really, really know, does show on your face. I know. And often you, you kind of stick in that moment. And sometimes it's just that you've thought about the fact that you can't catch a Pokemon that's plaguing you and you'll just mm. be off in your own little world. And I guess there is a, there is probably a necessity for you to do that because I 
fill in so much of the blanks and I don't stop talking <laughs> that you just wander off mentally and you're like, la, 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 la. Oh, I fucking hate that cunt from work. I wish oh, I could stab him. Gosh. And then that comes across in your face. Wow, okay. But So I think there is a bit of that. But also I think actually as people talk to you and get to know you, uh-huh. I think they realise some of that's a bit of an act and, it, and you play into it and some of it is just, just a um, fleeting moment. And actually when they speak to you properly <laughs> and get to know you, you're very warm and very caring and very loving. And, but, it's, but it can take a little while for you to warm up to people. Yes, no, I think that's probably right. So um, my, my top tip for my, my own meat <laughs> would be don't be so off-putting <laughs> um, and just yeah just I think just remember that, that that initial meeting can really you know make make or break someone's impression of you because people form impressions very quickly don't they visually especially and I don't mean they look at you and think whether you're attractive or not but it's it's really hard sometimes to to break a bad connection if you've already stuffed it by just coming across as a bit of a wanker no, I, I, I understand that. I think my, my other top tip is around both sort of talking and listening as, as, as really common sense as that is, it's sort of giving enough information about yourself mm. so that people can get a gist of you. Have some good stories up your sleeve that you can share. I mean, this is the great thing about the lifestyle and that we all feel a bit like they're in that scene from Jaws and talking about them in oh, Indianapolis you and you get your scars out. <laughs> and this is, you know, this oh, is that the, scar. Yeah, yeah, this is a scar. <laughs> and um, although it went a bit crocodile dundee. It was a bit crocodile dundee, wasn't it? But I think there's something around that, but also listening to people and um, yeah. asking the right questions to, to enable them to communicate. And I often, because, because of my job and because of the way that I am, I often find that I fill gaps because I, I'm trying to fill the silence. I don't, silence makes me a little bit uncomfortable sometimes. And I like, as you might have guessed, thanks for listening to my podcast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. My voice, my voice, my voice. But I'm also very conscious that, that I will continue to tell stories until someone says something. And then I'm quite happy to listen to their stories. <laughs> but, it, but it can be sometimes if I get into that, I'm like, I need to tell this story. I need to, and I've got another story that I need to tell. But it's having that moment to be able to step back and listen to what other people are saying. Oh, so the people in the room too. <laughs> yeah. And they probably have stories as great as mine. Maybe, probably. <laughs> I think that's 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 really key, and I think the sort of location obviously plays a part. Where you're going to mm. meet the sort of environment that you're in, it helps if you're doing something fun that you can mm. enjoy and have a laugh about. It doesn't have to be anything expensive, but I think sometimes a shared experience can be a really a, a really good fun one, and that that helps break the ice and gives you all something to bond over, which can be really really important if you're trying to build those first connections. Me, I'd be like, let's not go somewhere too loud because I literally can't hear for shit sometimes. I'm the deaf one. But That's... I'm not even deaf, but I just can't cope with like really, really, really busy, loud environments because I find it really hard to focus, I think, on what people are saying to me. Yeah. So I need something a bit more ambient. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. So then we had a question, and this was on Twitter, and do forgive me, people, I've forgotten your name and not written it down, so apologies in advance about this wow. one. But they wanted to know, like, how do you deal with, like, going back into the lifestyle, going back into meets once you've had some surgery and, and you're sort of recovering and you may not be operating at your best, and how do you go in with that? And I think we've actually got some experience with this. Real life experience, probably. Some real life experience. And I think one of the things that we found when, for example, you couldn't drive 
Mm. Was that we that had very limiting. We it? we had a bit of a limiting experience, and we also had to adapt the way that we interact with people, which meant that I had to mm. drive, mm. and that we couldn't split that up. So we we kind of had to establish our roles or re-establish our roles. And you're always sober. <laughs> I, I'm known <laughs> as a for result. Being, being sober, yeah. No, no, as a result of having to drive all the time. Exactly. There's that. I think there was also a moment when you'd had some surgery on your shoulder, perhaps, where mm. we were having to take things slowly, and again. With your dietary requirements, we found that that's Ugh. got in the way. And yeah, I think that really stopped playing. <laughs> it really did. So I think for me, it was about kind of trying to understand what what the you know what the illness, what the recovery is, and and how it's going to impact the 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 roles that you're trying to to fulfil. Yeah, I think I think the dietary thing was is a really good example because it was almost as if I had some something. That, that was prohibiting me completely from from being sexual. Yeah. Okay. So whether it be an injury or a condition or in my case, um, you know, an underlying um nutritional deficit that was really causing me to feel profoundly unwell. All right. And and that really hampered my not only my libido, because I felt so poorly all the time, but also in those times when I, I felt all right-ish. Um, I would still have um, an extreme level of nerves around, well, this could, I, at any point I could feel ill again because that was pretty much the pattern of, of you know, the illness I was having. And so I could have just gone, you know what, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't want this uncertainty. I don't want this level of um, imbalance where you're, you're obviously, there's nothing going on for you and you're like, what's happening? Whereas I'm, I was constantly, well, I don't feel sexy. Yeah. I don't want to do anything physical. I'm not feeling it. Or I would get to a point where I'd think, actually, my mind is, is there and I want to participate, but physically I, I don't feel able to. Yeah. Um, and so I did find ways to adapt because I had to, because it was either that or not do anything. Yeah. And that didn't feel like the right solution either because that would take you completely out of the equation. I know you would have stepped back if I'd asked you to and said, actually, we need to take a break. But I didn't ask you to do that. And I found ways to involve myself without compromising how I was feeling physically. Yeah. So I think that's probably along the same lines. And that was very much taking a backseat and a voyeuristic angle. I think, and this is really going to depend on how comfortable mm. you are with certain roles. And I wasn't very comfortable at all with it initially. No, I, I <laughs> because I was feeling left out. Yeah. So, but it's how it's how you sell it to yourself, and you, you know you could cut off your nose to spite your face and go, well, because I, I can't do anything. No one's doing anything. Yeah, I get that. Um, and so for me, I felt at least I was still an active participant on my own terms. Yeah. Because I was choosing to be in the moment with you all, but just sitting back or not actually physically participating. And I think that's the thing. It's that sort of being able to be comfortable with yourself in that situation, mm -hmm. probably discussing it beforehand, I think, and kind of understanding the limitations of what you're able to do. And I think if you're both, if, like, if one of you is uncomfortable, you probably need to step back and mm -hmm. kind of go, well, let's, let's get, get us psychologically to a space where we're both comfortable, or let's take a break and come back to mm -hmm. it when we've when we thought about it. And there may be maybe some research that you can do and kind of looking at the different ways to approach ethical non-monogamy that might help you, so, like sort of psychologically get your head around mm. some of that stuff. Um, but, but ultimately, if you're recovering, 
I think there is a, you know, you, you also have to have a chat with your play partners or your potential play partners. So you can say, hey, are you, are you cool if we do this? Or are you cool if we, you know, if those two do X, Y, Z, but yeah. we can only do this. Um, just just to make sure that, that actually everyone's on the same page. Definitely. And that's really important. So hopefully that, that helps. If not, then we've done a good bit of waffling for a couple of minutes, which, which may well be. Then I had this, I, I guess, this, the next question was a question from Mrs. H, age 49 and three quarters. A question from me? Yes. That Did you I want, ask you a question? Yes. You oh. wanted to talk about masturbation. Oh, ringing the devil's doorbell. Ringing the devil's doorbell. <laughs> and, and your sort of question was, what's our take on masturbation? Which That's left a very big to, topic. <laughs> which is very, very broad. But I know that if we didn't talk about it, then you'd only continue to talk about it for the next couple of weeks. So this was an easy way to start that conversation. <laughs> get, a, you know, a couple of thoughts in there, a couple of, you know, sort well, of processes. Let, let me break that down a little bit. When I say, what's our take on masturbation? I think... This stems from a number of conversations I've had with very different play partners, like mm-hmm. not not just the obvious one, you know, or like yourself or Secret Stag, because it's no secret, that, <laughs> secret. Um, but we've had lots of conversations because their dynamic is very hot wifey, yeah. you know, and, and, and arguably it will translate to being a very masturbatory performance <laughs> for, for him. Yeah. So anyway, that got me talking and then it got me thinking about where um, masturbation kind of sits in the scale of, you know, play dynamics and, um, you know, not just your own life, but also does it play a part in your play experiences? Does it, you know, do you like to include it in, in play sessions with your partners or, or is it something you reserve just for yourself or is it something that you like to involve your partner in? So it spans a whole range of different reasons why it was it was something I was going to talk about. You've got 10 minutes, go. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what? Oh, you mean the questions, right? Yeah, exactly. Wait, what? Okay. So I, I think it's an interesting one. So one of the things that struck me, so having, right. having some of these conversations was, when do you masturbate? Whenever I want. <laughs> Whenever you want. When the mood takes me. When the mood takes you. So When I feel like it. Okay. So when might that be? Let's have some typical examples. <laughs> Over the last couple of weeks, when well, have you masturbated? Sometimes you just don't know, do you? You just, you, you just do it when you feel like it. Okay. Um, do you have like a regimented, um, like prescriptive time of day when you think it's time for my 3pm masturbation session? Uh, or do you like typically habitually do it as a way to get to sleep? Like some people do or... So I don't tend, so I don't like the, particularly the idea of masturbating while you're sort of trying to sleep next to me. Oh, that'd be rude. But, but that's what I mean. So I don't like... I'm, oh, I'm right there, dude. Or even like you being in the house necessarily because uh-huh. it's like, well, if you're in the house... I might as well come and do it for you. Yeah, or we might as well, <laughs> you know, sort of explore some sexy times, whether that's just us masturbating in front of each other or whatever, I would much rather involve, involve the other. So that answers one of my questions, which is, do you, do you find it to be a, um, a solo thing that you do purely for yourself or do you want someone else to be involved? Um, I think if it's a shared experience, that's absolutely fine. If that's part of the play that we're having mm. and that does happen and, uh, and has happened, I think typically though, when I think of masturbation, it's much more about I'm by myself. So that, that I've got I'm the opp- bored. I'm going to do this now. No, I just enjoy <laughs> it. I mean, it's not that I'm bored. It's like, Hey, what can I do? Um, <laughs> So I think there is a, a reality to that for me. I'm, 
I don't think I would be particularly comfortable if if you were like asleep in the bed next to me or downstairs and I just started knocking one out. I would honestly, I'd be like, why am I doing this? Mm. Like, it's not that like, like you would be, if I asked, if I was, hey, I'm feeling sexy, let's do a sex. You very rarely say no to that. Mm. Often you're you're sort of tired and you'll be like, oh, well, let's, let's make it quick. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> But, but I'd rather do that, but not at all. Yeah, and that's the thing. And I'd hope you'd do the same with me, although I suspect you don't necessarily. Yeah? By strumming away while you're trying to sleep. Oh. Always. It's terrible. I just, you know, can't get... <laughs> but it's, a, it's an interesting one. So where, when, mm. when and where do you have a wank then? Okay. So I have, I have mm, probably done it in a car. If I'm s- sat in a, somewhere where I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> Sat while you're bored. Oh my god! This is All why right, it okay. takes you so long to get out of the car when you get <laughs> home. <laughs> well, okay. Put it another way, I am very, very, very rarely alone in the house because you work from home and I do not. Yeah. For one, okay. So first off, the opportunities for me to be alone in a house without you being in the next room minimal. Agreed. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So rarely does that happen. Okay, so there have probably been times when I've been, I don't even know where I've been. <laughs> it's not a, like a difficult question. Um, maybe in the bath. The bath. But I haven't had a bath for a while. I was going to say you've not had a bath for no. like six months. No. I mean, you've washed, obviously, but our <laughs> bath hasn't been working for like that long properly. Maybe longer. <laughs> But again, see, it's not a kind of like daily thing where I think, oh my God, I've got to do this. Mm. It's more of a occasionally I just think, I thought, oh, I could do this now. <laughs> so you still haven't really answered the question. I don't really know. <laughs> I honestly haven't really put much thought behind where or when it happens. It just happens when it happens. That doesn't answer. Like no one's going to understand when that is. <laughs> it just how, Or how frequently then? So out of the last, I don't know, three weeks, how many times have you had a wank? A handful. A handful. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Uh, and where? Oh my God. (laughs) This is a right old Spanish English, isn't it? I think there may have been, there may have been a time when you went to the gym and... That's why you come back looking so sweaty from your run. (laughs) Because it's fucking hard work after you've had a wank. I have achieved the run as well. Yeah, I know, but it's always (laughs) hard work if you have a wank or have sex before you do any exercise. (laughs) Yes, it is. You're right. Occasionally in the shower, maybe, because... Wait a minute. You have a rule about no wanking in the shower. But you, because you get chisel on tiles. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a huge amount. There you go. Honestly, just generally, probably a handful. I used to do it way more. And what do you think I, I was? do know that. And that's mainly because of the... The menopause. So that, and, and we know that was an More issue. More a finger pause than a menopause then. <laughs> and we know that was a factor because, you know, we we talked about that was one of the reasons why you encouraged me to seek some help because yeah. you, you noticed that I wasn't even doing that anymore. Yeah, your right hand strength was fucking zilch. <laughs> and so, you know, habitually that definitely has declined. I, I know that because I used to do that probably way, way more. Mm. Um, and then since menopause hit me, it's really, really, really taken a dip. Okay. So yeah, way less than it used to be. Well, there we go, folks. <laughs> a bit of inside knowledge, literally. Ahem. 
So given that your, your particular style is more of a, oh, I'm on my own, I could do this now. If you thought um, someone was watching you, mm-hmm. and I don't even mean it has to be me, but someone, mm-hmm. does that make it harder for you to do it because it's a kind of a bit of stage fright or does that appeal to you? Um, I don't think there's necessarily stage fright. I think I'm particular over who watches me, as we've discussed many, many times. Um, but like, I'm quite happy to play with myself in front of you. There's no, I don't have any, and if anything, it's a showy experience. <laughs> and I, I don't have an issue. I don't really, I don't think anyone's really asked me to do it in front of them. Other than me. <laughs> other, than, other than you, perhaps. Maybe one or two people out of the... Millions and millions of screaming, adoring fans you know, right. that are obviously getting their <laughs> tickets ready for the, um, the single guy show. But I, honestly, I don't think many people have asked, asked me to do that. I think I've asked people to masturbate in front of me so I can see how they do it before. Mm-hmm. But that's often it's like a fleeting moment of education that, that sort of enables me to pick up that technique mm. or how they like it and you know yeah. paint me like one of your French girls and then I can <laughs> immediately sort of do that what, what about you though because I guess for women is it a bit different does it feel slightly less creepy than standing over the bed and just wanking <laughs> so I think I'd probably I'm not actually a, a big fan of being watched so much doing it because I think that would actually then make me retreat back into my head in terms of, oh no, now what if I take too long? Mm. And, you know, what if what if they're getting bored watching me because it's taken me so long to see? Yeah. So actually that probably wouldn't help. Obviously if I didn't know they were watching and then at the end they, they revealed themselves, then great. Ta-da! <laughs> hey, I was here all along. Just imagine them like, didn't they? <laughs> like the Hamburglar behind the door. <laughs> <laughs> and you just gently hear that. <laughs> no. <laughs> So maybe if I couldn't see them, that might be more alluring. So we need an invisible wanker. <laughs> How, so, uh, but I do like watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would probably be my go-to kind of porn. If I was, if I was going to look at porn, that would probably be probably um, the top of what and I was And is this like. men and women masturbating or is it? Mainly women. Okay. Although I do kind of find it sexy to watch a guy wank as well. So, but probably more, more so women. More so women. Yeah. Okay. But I do like watching either. Okay. Mm. I'm not sure I'd want to maybe watch, um, I don't particularly like watching sex. So I wouldn't want to go and watch an orgy, for example, or a big pile of people having sex. That doesn't necessarily turn me on. Okay. Well, it's not, not a turn on. I just mean it's so not. more of the hiding in the cupboard stalker variety <laughs> as someone's masturbating. <laughs> No, what I mean is I'd rather watch someone pleasure themselves than pleasure someone else. Okay. I find that more sexually appealing. Okay. And I think that's because of the psychological kind of link that sits behind why people do it. Okay. Whereas I know why people have sex. It's because they want to have sex and because they find someone attractive or because they just want to have sex. Well, that's why I masturbate because I find me attractive. (laughs) I can't back that up. reasons why people masturbate are you know, it could be that they're turned on by a particular kind of porn. And that makes me quite interested because I'm always interested in to the cerebral, what's happening in your head that's making you act the way you're doing whatever you're doing. Yeah. So that's probably why it's more intrinsically appealing to me because I like to know what makes people tick. Okay. I like to know what's in your head. And so knowing that someone's 
pleasuring themselves makes me then wonder what's in their heads at the time of doing it. So and that's the turn on. What's in your head while you're fuck masturbating? Knows. I, you want to know what's Don't in my head? Fuck knows. <laughs> I'm talking about what's in other people's heads. Yeah, but what's in yours? Or maybe what's in my head is wondering what's in other people's heads. <laughs> God, it's like one of those endless mirrors. It's like a Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> <laughs> I suggest you bought this line of questioning. Um, but there's never one thing that's in my head. Truthfully, it could be anything. Um, but generally speaking, it is, it's probably more of a solo um, line of thought rather than, oh, I'm imagining a big, crowd of people having sex. I never, ever imagined that. You, you went a bit Alan Partridge there. <laughs> oh, imagining a group of people and they're all Watching all having the sex. sex. Um, Maybe I just think about cheese, I don't know. No, I never really think about lots of people having sex. And if, okay. if I watched porn with people just fucking, it's, I, can, I can understand aesthetically it's sexy to watch, but I wouldn't really want to. It's kind of like, oh, all right, they're having sex, great. So, interestingly, I, I don't find like group porn to be no, of any particular interest. Interesting. And I, I think this probably because it's almost like there's so much going on that you can't really zone in on anything in particular. Mm. And therefore you kind of, it just becomes a bit of a mass. It's different when you're involved in it and you've got the, 100%. you know, and you've got the sight and you've got the touch and you've got the, uh, the smell and mm-hmm. all of that stuff and the atmosphere that goes with it is, is really sexy. And I really love that. But actually, just watching it, I'm like, I can't. I, I, I mean, just, this explains a lot, anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. But like, I, it wouldn't absolutely be my go-to sort of porn. But in fact, if if you're sort of swiping through Pornhub or whatever, and like a group thing comes up, I'm like, nope, next, no, next. Exactly. It's it's a weird thing. Now I can use my imagination, my imagination, but my no, my recollection, I should say of my own experiences with in-group encounters. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I can recall some of my favourite moments of those or the bits that particularly turn me on. And I can think of those in a moment alone or with, you know, when I'm having sex and think back to those times. And they, they flash through my head like a little, you know, picture book of, I remember when, you know, I don't know, this, this woman went down on me, it was really hot. Or I remember when I was... Um, I don't know, I was sucking your cock while someone was going down on me. There's all these little images that come back to me quite a lot. And, and I often refer to, refer to those, but not. I wouldn't want to seek out visual porn with people I've never met before having so sex. So you finger through your Rolodex of memories. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of that. Absolutely. Of- so interesting. And that's one so- of the great reasons why I love what we do, because I, I've got this amazing, like, you know, gallery now in my head uh, yeah. constantly of things I can refer to and think about frequently. And that's probably more often than not what, what spurs me into feeling, oh, I remember this. So how would you feel then mm. about video clips of what we're doing? People we know? With people that we, like, so if we, for example, filmed some stuff that we were doing. Right. And I appreciate most of our filming experience tends to be with with just one couple that we trust. Right. And ten, you, you tend to be the person behind the camera or, mm-hmm. or sometimes involved. But what if the tables were turned and you had, I don't know, a video of you having this sexy time with a lady or whatever? Mm. Would you want to see that and would you masturbate to it? No, I wouldn't. You wouldn't want to see it and you wouldn't no, want to I'd masturbate to it? No, I'd to see it. I wouldn't masturbate to it. Okay. 
Is that because you don't normally look at porn when you masturbate? I think it's because I prefer to use the imagery that exists in my mind of what that experience was rather than looking at a visual reminder. Got it. I've got the solution. We strap a camera to your head, peep show style. Oh my God. Would I have to keep my eyes open when I kiss people? Yeah. <laughs> and carry two bags of Iceland carry bags around with me all the time. All the time, yeah. Frozen food. In. That would be the weirdest porn ever, wouldn't it? <laughs> really messed up. Probably pay good money for that. <laughs> like, what is happening here? <laughs> Um, All right, yeah, then. Any, yeah. any other things that you'd like to add to, to yeah. masturbation while we're on the topic? Um, I do like stories. You do like stories? Yeah. As in? Reading a story. Reading a story. Yeah. Okay. I, I, love the, I love reading the words and then imagining that myself rather than See, this is this it. is fascinating because you... What, well, I can read? No. <laughs> Fuck you. No, not that. <laughs> because you absolutely hate sexy texts and messages. Like oh, you're vehemently well, that's because I know against that person. It. <laughs> I know, and that's well, the stories written by someone I've never met. The stories written by someone, but that you've someone I never, never will meet. But you're putting yourself into the position. I know. So, so it's not awkward because I'm never going to meet them. They're not real. <laughs> <laughs> you're real. <laughs> oh dear. I so, know. I did tell you I'm a, a bit. This, I'm going to be like this dude called Mister. Yeah, which you've never met, is totally going to fuck your ass and it's going to be this and he's going to like spank the shit and you're like, going to be like, wow, I can totally get behind this. And at the end of it, ah, I was Mr. Yates all along. <laughs> the H is silent. <laughs> the, the Y was silent. Yates. No. Um, interesting. You've been making a sex story with, with me all along. <laughs> Ow. That was... um. That's a low blow. All right. I like stories because it, you very often will find something that appeals to any facet of your imagination, right? If you were to Google anything at all that was in your head and went, I wonder if there's some erotic fiction of some sort about whatever. That's literally what Google does. God. Yeah, you just describe you, Google. No. If you if you've got this thought in your head and you put it into this thing called a search engine, Shut up. Google of which is the most popular, it will bring back loads of stuff. There's always going to be some some level of erotica written about any topic, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because someone, someone out there is probably sharing the same thing as you. If you, you can think it, you, you can write have, it down, and someone right. else can fuck themselves. And to I suppose it, yeah. the difference is you don't ever have to try and meet these people to have a shared encounter. You can just read what they've written about that experience that probably exists in your own mind as well. And I like, I quite like that connection. Someone I'm never going to meet, but has somehow got a connection with me, you know, literally, because they're writing a story that's kind of catering, kind of catering for what I want in that particular moment. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is great. I can read this and I can get off and it's great. Okay. So I probably must a bit more to erotic fiction than, um, yeah, visual stuff. Than fiction. (laughs) <laughs> or, or even factual based books the th- yeah Stephen the King universe, isn't yeah. sexy anymore <laughs> I was going to go with Stephen Hawking of oh, course <laughs> oh yeah tell me about those planets although I don't think I ever masturbated to 50 Shades of Grey I don't think it was you ever just did. a bit too too bland it was a bit too trite for you wasn't <laughs> yeah, it the language is a bit flowery perhaps Ugh. but I, it's, it's an interesting one what about audiobooks how about that 
How does that sit with you? I don't think I've ever listened to one. No, that's a lie. <laughs> we listened to one in the car. Oh, Teaching, Teaching Carol, Carol by Zen Mackie, I want to say. Uh, I quite enjoyed it. You could, it but was... I don't think I would seek it out as a thing. Okay. Weird. I just don't ever think I've got time for it. So maybe what I need to do for our forthcoming America trip mm. is find some naughty audiobooks for you and then just let you listen to those while you're on the plane. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a nine-hour flight, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have done it on a plane. I know you've done it on a plane. Yeah. I, yep. You've done all sorts of things. I on think a plane. I woke up and told you. Yeah, you did. Because you were asleep. Uh huh. And I woke you up and told you. And you also got me to do it. Well, yeah, but also, I did it half in my sleep on the plane, and then I woke up going, "Oh my god, this has just happened!" And I woke you up and told you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Smell my fingers. What have I been up to? <laughs> That's because I'm excited about planes. But anyway, uh, you, you do get very um, excited about yeah, planes. Yeah, so audio uh, kind of wouldn't be something I'd seek out. But on reflection, that one time I listened to that one book, <laughs> it was it was okay. Okay, fair enough. So maybe it's interesting. Who knows? All right. Well, okay, we're going to wrap things up now, I think. We've talked about <laughs> masturbation enough. We know, need to go and do some actual masturbation. Uh, as opposed <laughs> to go this... in separate rooms. Go to your room and wank about what you've said. I should go to the top floor. You should go to the lower floor. <laughs> well, surely I should go to the top floor because then I can just send it down to you. Ew. What, Ew. like an arc? An arc. I'm like a fire hydrant. Come wherever <laughs> I like. <laughs> Gracefully soaring over the banisters. Arcing over the, the banister rail past... Past the mule post. Oh my God. So we live in a townhouse, so th through all three stories down to the... Liberally spraying the milky <laughs> drops through the air. <laughs> You'll probably land on one of us with pets' packs. <laughs> it's all right, but they're good at clean up. They're great. Oh, gross. Save so much hassle and so You're much tissue. I am very wrong. Anyways, yeah. um, thank you very much. We hope you've enjoyed this show today. I want to say, mm. if you get the chance and you'd like to come along, please get tickets to our Winter Wonderland thing. Honestly, it's going to be such an incredible event. And mm. we're going to be talking about it a lot over the coming weeks and months, as you might imagine. But honestly, I've never, never felt this excited about an event that we're part of and that we're organising. I think this is huge. Mm. And it has the, uh, the capacity to change a bit of the landscape of the way some of these things go out there. I Great. mean, if this is this is really popular, then we can look at doing even bigger things or we can look at start expanding stuff. But, you know, these things, honestly, they're not cheap. So there is, no, you know, we really not. want people to come along. We really want people to invest in it. And we know that going to any of these sorts of events is always a bit of a gamble. But we've, we've done a whole bunch of them. We've done a whole thing, bunch of things leading up to this. And I think we're ready to kick ass at the Winter Wonderland. I really do. I think so too. All right, Mrs. I can't H. wait to see your Mr. Tumnus outfit. <laughs> Do you think? Well, thank you for hopping into our bed. So when we first met, right, you said that you could come in under three minutes. I can. Is that still true? Yeah. You reckon? Yeah. Go. No, because I can't do it right now. Because a, you're watching me. B, the dog's like I clattering, clattering around <laughs> behind me. <laughs>
Where's my fucking audiobook? <laughs> you promised me. Your audiobook of fucking. Let me just use Google a second because apparently Google has what I need. Did you know there's this thing called a search engine? Oh, I use this thing called Ask Jeeves and you type in whatever you Nobody want. Nobody uses Ask Jeeves. I use Bing or nothing Jeeves else. is a fucking saint. I'll not hear a bad word against him. Ask Jeeves. And I tell Jeeves, I'm like, Jeeves, mate, like I, I need to know about where the nearest swinging club is to me. Uh-huh. And and off he scurries. There's this right. dude, old comes dude. with his little weight tray. Yeah, yeah. with his weight tray. And he, and and he, and he comes back the list outfit. of stuff that I can look at on the internet. I, I just go to ask Jeeves and say, hey, Jeeves, what can I masturbate to today? I'm feeling really messed up. Feeling really I'd like a bucket of soapy frogs, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So search engines are a thing, apparently. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs>